Welcome to the Texas Wine Scene Podcast, the most up-to-date information to help you prepare for your wine tasting weekend. I'm Mike, your Texas Wine Scene Correspondent, bringing you all the wine happenings in and around the great state of Texas, from the high plains to the hill country. If you love Texas wine, you've come to the right place. Let's take a trip. everyone to the texas wine scene podcast i am your host your texas wine scene correspondent mike cole and we are getting you ready for some wine tasting the weekend of september 30th through october 1st the weather for the weekend in the texas hill country will be a high of 90 with a low of 66 the high plains in the panhandle will have highs of 85 and lows of 66 north texas will have highs of 93 and lows of 71 while the Texas Gulf Coast region will have highs of 94 with lows of 74. Today I'm drinking the 2022 Messina Hoff Sophia Marie Rosé Bright Beginnings from the Texas High Plains Grape Growing Region. Sophia Marie is named after the first grandchild of the founders of Messina Hoff and like its namesake, it shows elegance, useful sass, and the beginnings of boldness and maturity. This graceful wine is made from the Dolcetto grape variety, pressed early to give the wine a beautiful rose color. The wine has wonderful raspberry fruit notes with bright acidity and lots of flavor. Although this wine has bright acidity, it's a medium body rosé, perfect for year-round sipping. This is an easy drinking wine that will pair with a variety of full flavored dishes or can be enjoyed on its own. Put this wine on your radar for all your fall wine dinner celebrations. And a big shout out to Karen Bonarigo of Messina Hoff for taking the time to speak with us on episode one. Cheers. Let's get directly into some winery events for September 29th through October 1st, 2023. Bell Springs Winery will be celebrating Oktoberfest at the winery September 30th through October 1st with all kinds of wine, beer, and live music. The festivities begin at 12 to 8 p.m. on Saturday and 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Sunday. The event is free to attend, but for some extra fun, you can purchase a VIP ticket, which includes free Bell Springs Oktoberfest Stein, free entry to the Stein Hold and Stein Race, the first beer is free, or take advantage of the free bratwurst and beer cheese pretzel. It's $1 off all beer refills for the whole weekend in your Stein. For more information, visit their website at bellspringswinery.com. Bendy Branch Winery is having the Taste of Comfort in Comfort, Texas on Saturday, September 30th. Doors open at 5.30 p.m. They will be celebrating the tastes and treasures of the Hill Country, which includes restaurants, wineries, and breweries. There will be a silent auction, live music, and a wine wall. This event will be a lot of fun. For more information, visit their website at bendingbranch.com. Flat Creek Estate Winery is having their Bubbles and Brunch event on Saturday, September 30th at 11 to 3 p.m. If you like wine chimes, 
Marker Sellers is having a class on how to make a wine chime out of a wine bottle. Join them in Bridgeport, Texas on Friday, September 29th from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Learn how to design your wine bottle wine chime while sipping your favorite Marker Cellar wine. For more information, visit their website at MarkerCellars.com. The Taste of Bridgeport is happening on Saturday, September 30th from 5 to 10.30 p.m. Come out and enjoy wine from some of the best North Texas wineries, breweries, and distilleries. Music will be performed by the awesome Josh Weathers. Speaking of North Texas wineries, the Fall Wine Trail is happening throughout the month of October from October 1st to the 31st. Sip and savor your way through North Texas wine country and join three tastes of wine at each winery. This is a great way to get out and explore some wineries in the North Texas region. Up next, our music lineup for the weekend. Here's your music lineup for September 30th through October 1st. Bent Oak Winery gets us started off with the Wine Down Friday on September 29th with Stephanie Fix from 3.30 to 6.30 p.m. Dry Colmel Creek Winery and Vineyard will have Colleen Michelle Miller on Saturday, September 30th from 12 to 6 p.m. and John Permentier on Sunday, October 1st from 12 to 6 p.m. Peritonella Cellars will host Bruce Salmon on Saturday, September 30th from 1 to 6 p.m. Torna Locks will have the Anthony Garcia duo on Saturday, September 30th from 2 to 5 p.m. App Ashes will have Trevor Help playing the tunes on Saturday, September 30th from 2 to 5 p.m. as well. Bending Branch Winery will have Bill Macko on stage from 2 to 5 p.m. on Sunday, October 1st. On Saturday, September 30th, Carter Creek Winery will have Jared Ray Reddick at 5 p.m. and Three Chord Rodeo jamming out from 8.30 to 10 p.m. Flat Creek Estate Winery will host Zach Carney on September 30th from 2 to 6 p.m. And October 1st, DJ Bartley will be spinning on the ones and twos from 2 to 6 p.m. Doghorn Cellars will let Jerry Bogan rock the house on Saturday, September 30th from 1 to 4 p.m. You will be entertained by James Hearn at Lost Draw Cellars on Friday, September 29th from 2 to 5 p.m. and on Saturday, September 30th by Doug and Randy. Texas Heritage Vineyards will host Tommy Alverson on Friday, September 29th from 2 to 4 p.m. and on Sunday, October 1st, Julia Alexander will grace the stage from 2 to 4 p.m. Lonnie Lev will be performing at the Texas Wine Collective on Saturday, September 30th from 1 to 5 p.m. William Chris Winery has a fantastic lineup this weekend, beginning with Stephanie K. Morris on Friday, September 29th at 1 to 4.30 p.m., Sheila Marshall on Saturday the 30th at 12.30 to 4.30 p.m., and the Anthony Garcia duel on Sunday, October 1st from 12.30 to 4 p.m. Lost Oak Winery will have DJ Aaron cutting up from 6 to 9 p.m. as they host 70s night. On Friday, September 29th, dress up in your favorite disco attire and get ready to get your boogie on. This event will be a lot of fun. But if it's relaxing sounds you crave while sipping on a nice glass of wine, then stroll on over to the beautiful Augusta Venn Winery for Sips and Sounds. 
David Selbo starts the weekend off on Friday, September 29th from 1 to 5 p.m. Hunter Billingsley on Saturday the 30th from 2 to 5 p.m. And Dylan Havens will round out the weekend on Sunday, October 1st from 3 to 6 p.m. And that's your music lineup for the weekend. Up next, stay tuned for Did You Know? Last week, we talked about how wine barrels were made and their significance in storing and aging wine. This week, we're going to move the process one step further as we move the wine from the barrel to the bottle. Did you know that glassmaking has come a long way in the past century? According to Oz Clark in A History of Wine in 100 Bottles, which is a great historical reference book, he credits several English glassmakers such as Sir Robert Manzell and Lord John Taylor with developing a wine vessel worthy of storing and maturing wine for long-term aging. In 1615, King James prohibited the chopping down of any English forest trees to fuel the furnaces used to make glass because the English were running low on English oak, which was needed to build warships to fight the French. So alternative fuels were used such as coal. Coal actually burned hotter than wood, which created glass that was heavier and stronger. Since the coal was dirty and smoky, most of the glass was dark in color. Also, the impurities in the fuel, such as manganese and iron, it gave the glass extra strength. The early shapes of the English bottles were bulbous on the base with long tapering necks with a pronounced collar called a string rim, used to tie down a stopper or a cork. But due to the upright position and the rounded onion-shaped bottom, the corks would dry out. By the late 1700s, winemaking had advanced to a level of stability where aging wine had become more common. Connoisseurs of the day began to realize that long aging in the bottle tended to soften the wine. The bottles became thinner and taller and were laid on their sides to keep the cork moist so it wouldn't dry out. According to David Byrd in his book, Understanding Wine Technology, the three principles that affect the shelf life of a bottle of wine are the size of the unit, the filling process, and the oxygen permeability of the material. The standard size of a bottle of wine is 750 milliliters, which is helpful when making price comparisons. This applies to all wines, including sparkling and fortified wines. Glass bottles must be inert, have no possibilities of taint, it is impermeable and is available in almost any shape, size, or color. But the drawback of bottles are that they are fragile, they're heavy, and they're transparent. The danger of transparent bottles is that they are sometimes displayed close to fluorescent lights, which can break down the molecular properties of the wine. After filling the bottles with wine, the bottles are packed in cardboard or wooden boxes in standard quantities of 6 to 12 bottles, which produce standard cases known as 4.5 or 9 liter cases. There are several intricate steps of transferring the wine from the barrel to the bottle, but those specific steps will not be covered in this episode. But if you feel compelled to dig deeper and feed your inner wine nerd about the science technology of all things wine, 
There is not a better book than Understanding Wine Technology by David Byrd. I've read this book a few times and I still use it as my go-to reference book. It's an easy read and it breaks up wine topics into bite-sized sections so it's easy to manage. This book is guaranteed to elevate your wine knowledge. I had the opportunity to go to the Great Fest event in Grapevine, Texas this past weekend. I had an amazing experience at this event. The weather was much nicer than the extreme heat we had been experiencing previous weeks. It actually sprinkled a bit of rain while I was there. I didn't really know what to expect at this event being that it was my first time, so I just went with the flow and just joined the party. I thought the event was just the right size. Not too big and not too small with plenty of food vendors with the foot-long corn dog which seemed to be the food item of choice. There were different types of clothing vendors, art vendors, as well as jewelry vendors. The carnival area for the kiddos was sufficient in size for the grandparents to keep them entertained while their parents ran off to do some wine tasting. Although this was a wine event, there were plenty of other beverages to choose from including cocktails, beer, and cider. There was a VIP wine tasting area doing a panel discussion on Barossa Valley wines as well as Napa Valley wines. There was also a champagne terrace tent serving some very good champagne and sparkling wines. This is where I got my start. Messina Hof and Landon wineries were both very busy inside with limited seating. Apparently, you had to get there early to enjoy these venues. Maybe next year in 2024. But as far as the wine goes, this was the place to be. The People's Choice wine tasting was awesome. There were approximately 50 wineries from all over the state pouring their wines. The tent where the tasting was held had plenty of space to move around freely without that uncomfortable crowded feeling. I was able to get samples of pourings of wine fairly quickly as I strolled through tasting at a leisurely pace. I was able to taste several new wines I had not had the opportunity to taste previously due to the location of the wineries, some being located in the North Texas area. While on my discovery to try some new wines, I was able to speak to a few winemakers and winery owners about the wines they produce and upcoming events at their wineries. Toward the end of the wine tasting, I was able to speak to a few of the consumers to get their input on their experience and the wines they enjoyed. Those interviews were a lot of fun. Take a listen. Thank you for joining us here on the Texas Wine Scene Podcast. We're here at the booth of Blue Ostrich Winery and Vineyard, and we're with... I'm Jules Frederick. And what is your position there, Ms. Frederick? Um, it, we are a family-owned business, a family-owned winery. We've been in business for 12 years, and we're owned by the Fredericks. What kind of grape varieties are you growing on a property? Um, we have about 38 acres of um, a vineyard, and we grow all kinds of different wines. We also bring in a lot of wines from um, the High Plains as well for uh, vinification, which means making wine. Okay. What are you pouring here tonight for the, the viewers here? Um, tonight we have a Moscato, which is a sweet white. Um, we like to say you can drink pink, but make sure you vote for blue ostrich, vote blue. And we have a dry white, which is a Viognier. And we're also serving a Moravedra, which is um, a medium dry. And then we have table one, which is a dry blend. 
and it's got more Avedra, Cabernet, and Syrah. Okay, well, I like to get into a tasting, so thank you very much for taking the time to talk with us. Of course, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Texas Wine Scene Podcast. We are here with a young man. He's going to explain to us what he does at his winery and the name of it. The name of the winery is Valle della Pace, Vineyards and Winery. And what kind of grape varieties are you going out there at your property? Well, we've got a Blanc du Bois. That's our longest growing grape. We have four new varietals. Um, they're from the Walker varietals. There's uh, Ambulo Blanc. There's um, Caminer Noir. Passante Noir and Durante Noir. Those are all brand new varietals. Um, we're one of the very first vineyards in Texas to have them. Um, we're looking forward to getting a partial harvest next year, and they should make some fantastic wines. Where's your winery located, and what is the acreage that you guys are planting out there on your property? Yep, yeah, so our winery is um, about an hour and a half east of Dallas. We're in a little area called Garden Valley, Texas. We're about 20 minutes north of Tyler. Um, we have a, the property itself is about 16 acres. We uh, grow about three and a half acres of vines. Is there a tasting room there at your property? There is. We are open Wednesday through Saturday, 10 to 6 on um, Wednesday and Thursday, and 11 to 7 on Friday and Saturday. Here at the Texas Wine Scene, we usually like to go out and try different wineries and actually support a lot of our, lot of our Texas wineries with uh, winery events and things like that. Are there any winery events um, of the such that's coming up, um, possibly here in October or November at your property? Um, absolutely. Every month we do a uh, bring your own meat where people bring their meat. We have grills. They grill it there. We provide uh, potatoes and salads and whatnot. There's also live music and, of course, wine. Um, we have one coming up in next weekend, which I cannot remember the dates of. Um, and there's one in October. Again, I can't remember the dates. Um, just look us up on our, web, on our website. We'll have the information there as well as our Facebook. Um, are you guys on Instagram at all? We are. Um, you can find us at Valle de la Pache. I'm 90% sure. <laughs> okay, we'll take a peek at it. Now we'll get on there, hopefully get on your mailing list so we can um, get some of the upcoming events and we'll, we'll, we'll get the word out. Absolutely. Thank you very much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you for coming by. Cheers. Thank you for joining us here on the Texas Wine Scene Podcast. We are here with the young man that's going to tell us a little bit about his winery. Okay, good evening. My name is Steve Harry. I'm a French winemaker. I come from Burgundy in France. And I did wine for 34 years. 27 years in France in Burgundy and 7 years in Texas here uh, close to Houston area. We have a winery in Cold Spring close to Livingston and wine tasting room in downtown Montgomery. We provide a lot of wine. A lot of wine comes from France in Burgundy. To my wine tasting room, we have perhaps 70 different kinds of wine between Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. And after for Texas wine, we got Cabernet, we got Black Spanish Noir for red, and we have Blanc du Bois for white. You're welcome to visit us in Montgomery, in downtown, and uh, to the winery in Cold Spring. Thank you so much. What are your hours there at your uh, winery um, so our listeners can know what time you visit? Alors, uh, we are open to the wine tasting room every week, uh, Wednesday at 4 until 10. We provide wine pairing dinner every Wednesday. And after, we are open Thursday, Friday at 4 until 10, Saturday at 2 until whatever, and Sunday at 2 until 5. As a winemaker in France and now a winemaker here in Texas, 
Can you tell me a little bit about some comparisons and some con contrasts of how it is to grow wine in France as opposed to Texas? Yes, here, you know, the weather, it's completely different. We have a lot of problems with the disease, like mildew, powdery mildew. We need to fight it a lot. But after, you need to, you know, to just improvise for what happened for the weather. Imagine for this year, on 2023, we have a bad, bad spring, and we lost 50% of the crops just only on two months. After it was dry, the vineyards love dry. But the problem, the birds looking for food and birds starting harvesting before us, and we lost perhaps 25% more on the production. It was terrible, but I love it because for me it's challenging because the weather is completely different between France and Texas. And the soil and the geology, everything is different. And I love it. For me, it's challenging, but I try to do something very nice. I increase the quality every year for my, the style for pruning, use chemicals, my knowledge, everything. Yep. In your opinion, now growing grapes here in Texas, what do you think is the grape varietal that seems to be doing best, in your opinion, here in Texas? Alors, you know, I come from the Gulf Coast. On the Gulf, we have two variety grapes. We have just only the black Spanish Lenoir for the red and Blanc du Bois for the white. After, it depends where we plant these grapes, but on the west side, it's better to growing the black Spanish Lenoir, and the east side is better for Blanc du Bois. After, you know, again, it depends for the soil, and after 50 miles or whatever, the weather changes quickly. It's difficult to expect where it's better right now, but this is what we use. Sir, I really appreciate you taking the time with us here at the Texas Wine Scene to talk about your wines. Okay, thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Santé, y'all. Santé. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here at the Texas Wine Scene Podcast. I'm here at Texas Legato with the man that's going to introduce himself and let us know a little bit about his winery. Hi, I'm Bill Bledsoe. We've had uh, Texas Legato open since 2007. We've had our vineyard open since 2002. We have known, normally grow the Malbec, the uh, Petit Syrah, Morvedra, Cab Franc, Alianico, uh, Merlot. And uh, over the last couple of years, we've had a big decline in our vineyard, but uh, we're still in business and we are still serving some really nice wines. We have on our wines, we have a uh, Merlot, a Petit Syrah, which is the winemaker's favorite, and then almost uh, a family reunion, which is a blend of 10 red grapes. Really, really nice blend. Uh, you take a sip, you think you taste the Malbec, you take another sip, no, I'm tasting the Morvedra, and it just goes a big circle. Uh, then on the uh, sweet side, we've got several fruit wines, a Mertillo and a Fight Night. Fight Night is blackberries and blueberries. That's a curveball because the tartness of the blackberry makes you feel like you're drinking a dry wine, but it is a sweet wine. And then we have uh, these that we're showing here at the, at the festival, the uh, Riley Bell Sweet Surrender, Temptress, and uh, I love the job. It's, you know, they say if you enjoy your work, you're not, you never work a day in your life. So, you know, that's not what I'm doing. That sounds great. So on, on the property, you mentioned uh, several grape varieties. 
In your experience and at your place, what do you think is growing well in the state of Texas? Um, uh, can you give us a little bit of uh, feedback about that? Yeah. The uh, state of Texas is just so large that the state will grow just about anything uh, except maybe a Pinot Grigio or, no, not Pinot Grigio, the Riesling, really cool weather grapes. Uh, we can grow a good Malbec, Tanat, Cab Franc goes, grows well here, Cab Sav grows well. The uh, Texas High Plains is kind of a, the Napa Valley of Texas, but the uh, Central Texas can grow several different varieties of great grapes. Uh, my favorite grape to grow was the Petite Syrah and the Malbec. Yes, sir. And uh, my idea, or the, there's been a push for a lot of growers to that classifying the Tempranillo as the grape of Texas. I don't push, I don't buy that progress, uh, that setup because, like I said, we're so big, microclimates are everywhere, they change it all over, and, but Tempranillo is a self-fulfilling prophecy. The grapes, the farmers like it because it gets up to six tons an acre. It makes a good wine, so the winemakers love it. It's a win-win but it, it's not the grape of Texas. Do you have a tasting room there on your property? I do. We're open on uh, Thursdays, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. We have a killer patio to come and sit on. Um, the broad generalization is uh, noon to six on just about every day. I know the weather's starting to turn around a little bit for us. Hopefully in October, it's gonna get really nice. Are there any events coming up at your property that you would like the, the listeners to know about? Yeah, on October the 7th, we're going to have a Puerto Rican-style pig roast. That's on us, uh, roasting the pig on the spit. It takes about eight hours, so it gives you plenty of time to uh, have a glass of wine or two and make the pork uh, feel, taste really, real, really good. Thank you very much, sir, for taking the time with us on the Texas Wine Scene. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Texas Wine Scene Podcast. I'm with a gentleman here who's going to talk a little bit about his winery. Chuck Tortelion, Bull Lion Ranch and Vineyards. And where are you located, sir? We're located, we have several locations. The ranch is in Heiko or Glen Rose area, Chalk Mountain. That's where we grow and we make our wines. We have three other locations, one in Glen Rose, one in Granbury, and one here on Main Street in Grapevine. And what kind of grape varieties are you growing out there on your property, sir? We grow, we grow, we, we focus mainly on Italian style wines. We're Italians, that's what we do. Yes, sir. So we grow a, a Sangiovese Montepulciano. All right, we grow Pinot Grigio. We also do a Cabernet Sauvignon, a Cab Franc, a Malbec, and a, and a uh, uh, Tempranillo. But we grow numerous seven varietals. What is it about the connection between Italian grape varietals and Texas? It seems like some of the similar grape varietals that grow in Italy do very well here in Texas. Can you speak to that? Oh, yes. They love our country. They love, they love our country. They love our soils. We grow, we grow in a rocky soil. I believe that that's some of the finest wines in the world come from the side of mountains, right? Yes, sir. And that's rocky soil. And we're in a rocky soil. And they seem to, our wines have a lot of, 
character, a lot full-bodied, beautiful wines. Um, they love the heat. Now, they don't like 105 degree, don't get me wrong, all right? But we have beautiful growing conditions in Texas from March, April, May, June. Those are beautiful months. People don't think we have great growing season, that we have just as good as California. That's awesome, sir. I know the weather is starting to get real nice for us. We got October coming up and November. Are there any events that are coming up at your place or any of your wineries that the listeners should know about? Oh yeah, we have so many events going on. We have, well, first of all, we put on festivals. All right, we have the Burleson Wine Festival and we have the Granberry, Granberry Texas Wine Festival in November on the square of Granberry. Um, we have the Glen Rose one coming up here uh, next weekend, actually. And then we've got events going on again in Granberry, uh, another one in Granberry, the Harvest Moon Festival that now features wine, some of the finest artists in Texas, and fine wines, Texas wines. All right, so, yes, yeah, just check out Bowline Ranch. On, just follow us on our website and you can or, or our Facebook page you'll be able to see all the many festivals and Texas wine events going on in our region all right, the cross timber eco region of Texas that's our wine trail the cross timbers wine trail okay thank you very much sir I sure appreciate you taking the time with us here in Texas wine scene thank you so much cheers hey, remember support Texas agriculture drink Texas wine thank you thank you we're back here at Texas Wine Scene with a young man who's going to talk a little bit about the winery he represents. Hello, my name is Austin, and I'm representing Terra Winery. We're based out of Athens, Texas. Uh, this is my second year representing Terra here at the at uh, Grape Fest, and I'm happy to be here. We're having a great time. It's a great turnout. Um, and what kind of uh, grape varietals that you guys represent there at Terra? So the main varietals that we grow there are Blanc de Bois, and black Spanish. We do have a little bit of Merlot as well. Uh, we do also get varietals from West Texas, Lubbock, like our Cabernet, our Tempranillo, Mavedre, um, uh, Montepulciano, a couple other ones as well. And you did mention that you were a chef as well at, at Terra Winery, is that correct? Yes, sir, uh, I love it there. Um, we also specialize in doing pairings where we love to pair the wine with the food and try to incorporate the wine with the food that we cook as well. That's fantastic. Um, is there any winery events coming up at Terra Winery here in the next couple months that you would like our listeners to know about? Uh, yes. Uh, if you check out our website at terrawinery.com, we do we host long table dinners. We've been doing recently tapas nights where we do tapas with wine pairings, and it's always something different. Uh, we are planning our next planned that we know of tapas night is going to be uh, on New Year's Eve. We're going to be doing a big bash for New Year's Eve. We're going to have fireworks, tapas, wine pairings, all of that. Thank you very much, sir, for taking the time to talk with us here at the Texas Wine Scene. Thank you very much. My name is Austin Irons, representing Terra Winery. Cheers. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for joining us on the Texas Wine Scene podcast. I'm your Texas Wine Scene correspondent with a few young ladies here. Looks like they're having a really good time. Can you tell me what your name is? Angelie. Angelie, what was your favorite wine this evening? Um, uh, what was the name of it? Silver Dollar. The Silver Dollar, most Silver definitely Dollars chocolate. Yes. And what's your name? Cheyenne. Cheyenne, mm -hmm. Silver Dollar was your winner? Yes, most, most definitely. definitely. Silver Dollar and the Sweet Taste of Paradise Winery were she, the top two. Number one, number one, number one. white wines. 
Is this your guys' first time here at Great Fest, or is this an annual thing? Oh, this is my first time. I'm experienced. Okay. <laughs> and what type of wines do you like to drink usually? I love sweet. Okay. I don't mind like an in-between as well sometimes, but dry is my least favorite. Thank you guys for joining us on the Texas Wine Scene Podcast. Thank you. Well, that will do it for the Texas wine scene here at the 2023 Grape Fest here in Grapevine, Texas. It's been a fantastic event. Got a chance to taste a lot of good wines, a lot of new wines. Uh, met with some very nice winery owners and winemakers that share a little bit about their properties. We look forward to seeing them down the road and tasting more good wines. And we look forward to next year's 2024 Grape Fest here in Grapevine, Texas. This is the Texas Wine Scene Podcast. Like we'll see you next time. And we got some visitors that should stopping by. Hello. Oh. And what's you guys' name? Uh, Patricia. Rosalie. And? Oh, I'm Sarah. And Sarah, did you guys have a good time? We had an amazing so time. So which wine was one of the best wines that you got an opportunity to taste? You We're 70 Messina Hob Angel. Okay. Uh, I liked Wedding Oak. Wedding Oak is in the building. Silver Dollar Winery. The chocolate oh, wine. The, the peach cho- wine from there is the, the best. The chocolate the chocolate good wine too. Fantastic. Well, thank you guys very much for your feedback you. about the thank Texas you, wine scene. Mike. Bye-bye. Have thank a good you, Mike. Time. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Well, that would do it for this week's episode. Please subscribe to the podcast so you can get the alerts of when the next episode is available. Also, please share the podcast with your wine-loving friends and follow me on Instagram at Texas Wine Scene to get the most up-to-date wine events coming soon. For more in-depth information on specific wineries, check out the Texas Wine Lover website and the Texas Wine Lover app. There are tons of information at your fingertips that can help you plan your wine tasting weekend. These are such as hours, information on dog and kid-friendly wineries, transportation, wineries by varietal, and much, much more. Thank you for joining me on this episode. I'm your host, your Texas Wine Scene correspondent, Mike Cole. I will see you next time on the Texas Wine Scene. Cheers.